Maestro. Yeah. Sun is down, freezing cold. What's going on? Welcome to the All-American Chelsea Podcast. I am the captain, the leader, the legend of all things you see. All-American Chelsea, what's going on? It's your boy Christian coming back again to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida in the good old U.S. of A. What's going on? As you can hear, my son is still awake. It is 1.24 in the morning. I'm recording this. We just got home uh, from my family's house, from my wife's family's house for Thanksgiving. Uh, first, happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans out there. or I mean, anybody who celebrates Thanksgiving and to those that are part of the movement uh, that does not celebrate Thanksgiving, I don't know what to say to you guys. Uh, there's a for for those that are not aware, there's a movement, and I understand where it comes from. I absolutely understand where it comes from. That's uh, anti-Thanksgiving. Um, I understand where it comes from. However, you know, it's just something that my family does. Um, I haven't really given it too much thought. On whether I personally want to not participate in Thanksgiving. For me, as somebody who loves food, um, it's just it would just be too goddamn impossible for me to give up Thanksgiving and not participate in the ham, in the food, in the mashed potatoes, in the macaroni and cheese, in the broccoli uh, with cheddar, in the green bean casserole, uh, in the cornbread, all the foods, all the fixings that come along with Thanksgiving would be pretty much, Thanksgiving's like legit my favorite holiday. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. It's, I'm pretty sure of it. It's a holiday, uh, is where where the core at its core is like food. I understand. I get it. I get it. It's a day you're supposed to be thankful for your family and you know for your friends and just be thankful for 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 the things that you have in your life. Um, I get it. That's very nice. The idea is very nice. Um, but fuck all that shit. I, I fucking want the food. I like the food. That's my favorite part. So. Um, yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody. But what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? You're nothing. You're cutting this. Jesus. So I had to start it off uh, the podcast with Sicko Mode by Travis Scott because uh, this weekend we got a big game. This weekend is a big game. It's the North London Derby. Us versus fucking Tottenham Hotspur at... Wembley, I was about to say White Hart Lane, but uh, they're still building that shit. It seems like they're what? By the time of this recording, they're a billion dollars over budget and about 10 years behind on the construction of their new stadium. So they're still playing at Wembley. Um, It's always a big game. It's always a big game. Whether it was the battle at the bridge where Eden Hazard won... uh, the title for Leicester, um, what it it just seems like there's always something. There's always something in the uh, sorry about that in the Tottenham versus Chelsea, Chelsea versus Tottenham games. Uh, what was it two years ago? FA Cup, um, semi final, something like that. I think it was. There's always something. There's always big games between us. And there's, this weekend, I have a feeling, will be no different. This weekend will be no different. Uh, currently, we sit as the only undefeated European team um, in the in all top five leagues. Um, that doesn't mean we're we haven't dropped points. We've you know we haven't just we just haven't lost a game. Uh, and we need this game. We need these three points. Not necessarily, but, 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 but. Here, go, go, stand over here. That is working, man. You gotta go to sleep. 
You're, you're only a little baby, bro. You gotta go to sheepies. Go sheepies. So we 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 need to win this game. Um, if we want to continue, uh, having a realistic shot at the title, um, I, I'm. It's this is this is un unbelievable here. That'll be in bed in five minutes, buddy. Trust me. There's always something on the show. Always something. There's always something. Just pick them up. You gotta have to pick them up. Good night, buddy. I love you. Headphones falling off. Marsha, you didn't say good night to me. All right, so this game is important if we want to uh, put pressure on on City and Liverpool, uh, who everybody has already decided that they're the only title contenders. Um, and I, I I I get into it with uh, with our guest today, which is Have Hope Football Hut. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he um, it's sort of a controversial figure uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. And by that, I mean he's either you like him or you don't. You agree or you don't agree. He's very polarizing. Um, I, for one, have been on both sides where I 100% agree. It's this podcast alone, I 100% agree with his opinion, and I 100% disagree with certain his you know certain opinions of his. However, the reason why I respect him, the reason why I respect his opinion, um, is because his opinions are. I feel like whether you agree with them or not, are always sound, and you and there there's some data behind. How he formed his opinion. He's not just pulling shit out of his ass. He's not talking from the deepest, darkest corners of his ass. He's not doing that. He has his opinions based off of the things he's seen. Uh, based off of the things he's seeing currently. Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, you, you got to respect that. You got to respect that. I tend to talk from the deepest, darkest corners of my ass. I love it. It's fun. I get to say whatever the hell I want. But for somebody who um that doesn't do that, I respect that. I honestly I respect that. I respect that. So on today's episode, he and I we do the Tottenham Hotspur versus Chelsea football club match preview. Um and I know you guys are gonna enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys at the end. Peace. All right, everybody, I'm here with the homie. This man is a controversial figure online, on YouTube, on Twitter, because he gives you what, what he deems as the facts, as the real, and he doesn't hold any punches back. And I'm talking about none other than the homie, Have Hope Football Hut. What's going on, my man? Yo, 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 what's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, man? How you doing, man? Yeah, man, look, happy to be on here. And as you all know, if you bring me on here, I will keep it 200%. I pull no punches. I say what I feel. And I don't diddy-daddy like other um, pundits out there, man. I just give it, I just give it to you straight and wrong. You know what? And, and that's exactly the reason why I reached out to you and I wanted you on the podcast. Because I'm not going to lie. I am not going to lie. I've been... On the other end of uh, some of your opinions, and I'm like, mm. oh my god, I disagree one thousand percent with this guy. And that's good. <laughs> that is good. Like for me, imagine how boring the world would be if we all agreed. What makes things interesting is um, debates. Is are people coming at it from from different angles? As long as you're respectful, what makes things interesting are people that have differing views. And you're willing to put that forward. If we all agreed and held hands like a nice big family, things would be very boring. <laughs> agreed, so. agreed. And and I've always and now this is the part where I can't like only thing I could say is I, I, I disagree with you. Because 
when I hear your arguments, when you lay, when you, when you give your opinion that differs from mine, you clearly state it. You support your opinion with, you know, facts and where you get your, you know, what, how you formed your perspective. And all I can say is at the end of it is like, all right, I see your point. I disagree, but I see your point. There's nothing yeah. like you're not coming at it like, oh, I don't like this player. I don't think because he wears Nike and he should wear Adidas. Like, what the hell yeah, kind yeah, of shit yeah. is that? Like, I can't take this man <laughs> serious. So that's exactly why I have you on today's show. Um, And thank you. Thank you for coming on. No problem. No problem, bro. All right. So let's get into this. This weekend, we have a massive match against some shitty team from Tottenham, and that is the Tottenham Hotspurs. It's Chelsea versus Tottenham, a massive, massive, massive London derby. Every time these two teams meet, it's always fireworks. <sighs> Where do we begin? Where do we begin? So, oh, no, 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 no. There's a very simple... I don't know whether you want to begin here, but I think... Where I think until January, the January window comes through, you always have to begin in one obvious place with Chelsea, which is who plays up front. Oof. Every game. That has to be the question be, be, before we, we approach the January transfer window. I think, you know what? You know what? Perfect. Let's do this. So I'm going to ask you, who would you, what's your starting 11 and who's st sorry starting 11? And if they're different, because if they're the same, they're the same. But what's your starting eleven, and what's Sari's starting eleven? Um, I believe me and Sari's starting eleven will be almost identical, apart from one view. So I think leave that man last, because um, I know exactly who you're talking about. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 I, I know, you know. So obviously, you're gonna have um, Arisa Balag, obviously as the keeper, Luis Rudiger, um, and then Alonso. As Blaqueta, then you'll have um oh sorry. Sorry, I just had a thing called it. Um so you 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 basically have um Kante, Jorginho, um, and then uh, so, so, so Kante, Jorginho. I'm not sure whether he he may opt for Barkley based on the kind of game he may opt for. Midfield as well. Then you'll obviously have Hazard, William, and oh. he will start Morata. And his and he, he, I believe, he will start Morata. Um, and my eleven would be pretty much the same. Uh huh. Although we although we need to have a discussion about Far Far Fabregas maybe later on, but we need to have a discussion about him. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. And then I start. I start zero. You start Giroud. Because the thing here is this. I think you saw his miss for Spain. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure whether as a manager you, you start a player after he misses like that. And you see, for me, tactically, tactically speaking, Morata makes more sense. Because I think that Chelsea needs to play a quicker game. Yeah. So I think someone who can get onto through balls and is naturally fits a quicker game better is Morata. Giroud doesn't fit a quicker game, but Giroud is just a better connective tissue for the team, and Giroud makes Hazard better, makes William better, makes everybody else around him better. So now front three, he's a, he's much more effective, which Morata really isn't. And my thing about this is that. You can't just say, "Oh, whoa, look, Morata, he's on a nice scoring run. It's all well and good." Okay, yeah, but he did he did miss against Spain, and he is one of those players where that will affect him. If that's let's say a Cristiano or a a Robin missing an open goal, don't affect those kind of players because they've got extremely strong char characters. Or like a Lewandowski, they are players who they can miss an open goal, miss several boys. You know what? I'm cool. I'll get back on it. Morata, he's obviously a guy who he really depends on his form. And having a miss like that can really affect him. So I don't start him, but Sari will start him because I think Sari is determined to say no. I am going to get the best out of this dude. So I think uh, I also saw that miss um, that Morata had for the Spain game, and I and I've and this is one this is one of the opinions. I I know a few weeks back you had a. You had came out with a video that, um, and if 
by any chance, if there isn't any, if there is somebody listening to this podcast and they are not subscribed to your YouTube channel, please do yourself a favor. Again, he, this man provides uh, opinions. This man provides his perspective that it's always laid out perfectly. It's always, he has his reasonings and his, and his arguments are solid. Whether you agree or not with them, doesn't matter. His arguments are always solid and he brings you a perspective that you have to take serious. And a few weeks back, you made a video about Morata that I was on the other end going, I disagree. I think this guy can play. However, I couldn't disagree with what the, 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 the argument you presented. I couldn't. I couldn't. And, and your argument that you presented, if you would have done this video today, you would have included the miss that he had with Spain. Mm. A top striker cannot, cannot, cannot be missing that. Missing those type of plays, which Morata's been in these positions hundreds of times, it feels like. And he comes up short. And he comes up short. And I'm of the opinion, I do believe he can come good. I do, do you still believe he can come good? I, I you know what? I'm, how, I, how good? How good? I, I, um, I'm going to be honest with you and with the whole world. I'm not sure if my optimism is because he's a Chelsea player and I just look at his social media posts and I see him playing the game. I see that he tries hard. I don't know if it's nice. if if it's if if my if my optimism is based on the fact that I believe this is a good guy. You know what I'm saying? Like personally, I believe off the field he's a good guy and I'm rooting for a good guy to win. Or if it's if I'm if if I have this opinion because his play tells me so. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 two a hundred percent different uh things. It, it, two different perspectives. It'd be one thing if if I'm I'm not based in London, so I don't go to the games. I've never seen Morata play in real life, so I don't know if I go to you know, it'd be one thing if I went to the games and I see him moving around and damn it, he's just unlucky. Versus what I see on TV. So I, I, I honestly, I don't know where my optimism is coming from. I, I don't know. I, I, if I knew, I would say it, but I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I believe, I believe that, you know, I, I think he can play because I do believe he's an athlete. And it's my opinion that I prefer to have the more athletes I can get on the field, the better. I, I, that's my opinion. I, I mean, but, but don't you feel that... Um, Giroud, even if because everybody knows that Morata, it doesn't matter how many times Morata misses a chance, everybody knows that Morata is the better player, yes. like he's technically the better football player over Giroud. But I think when you're a manager and everything, I think it's really about what is the most effective thing for your team. Hazard is quite considerably the best player. For Chelsea, obviously, Kante being second, but he's quite considerably the best player. Easy, the best attacking player. Like Chelsea's creation and creativity and what they do going forward all comes to Hazard. So if you have a player who can take Hazard to even a higher level, who knows how to do knockdowns, one-twos, who's very aware of his surroundings, knows how to really lay balls through, hold the ball up, bring Hazard into play, surely, should it that be um, a player who you would want on the pitch Rather than um, a another player who pretty much doesn't really, because again, the thing with the Marta is that fair enough. Let's say you can't hold up play, you don't make anyone else good. At least score, yeah. At least score on a consistent basis. So it's you're putting. Remember, this is the res, this is the results business. This is a high level football ball. Do Chelsea have time to wait and wait until Morata comes good? Because do you see in Morata? a potential Icardi, a potential Aguero, because Chelsea have to have high standards, you know? Agreed. So, Agreed. Like, and especially on this day in which Drogba has announced his retirement, you know, you just think of what, how important Drogba was to Chelsea and how pivotal it was and how... It, it, it also goes without saying, having a top-quality striker is actually very important for your team. And you look at City, Aguero, Tottenham, Harry Kane, Arsenal, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Liverpool, 
you 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 can argue Salah. He may be the inside forward, but you could argue Salah is really their striker. So each team that Chelsea are competing with have top 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 tier strikers. Chelsea don't don't have that. That's a problem. Agreed. That's Agreed. a problem. Agreed. Now I can't I can't disagree with any of that. Um, mm. I mean, if you look at and I and I I would imagine right now, Sorry has burnt through ten packs of cigarettes in his office. Mm. Trying to answer this question, um, who does he start on Saturday? Does he start a guy that is not scoring, however, is going to run the entire game um, while he's out there, and you have to deal with all the other bullshit that is uh, that comes with playing Morata, the falling on the ground, the misses, the not paying attention when Hazard gives his one-two plays and he's not in the right spot? Or what, what did we see a few weeks back? What was it against uh, Burnley? Was it where there was a cross into the box? and No, not, it wasn't Burnley. It was, uh, the, I think, against Liverpool. There was a cross in the box and Morata wasn't at the post, at the far post. He didn't even make a run. He oh, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't yeah. awake to make that run in the far post that any other instinctive striker would make that run. Um. Do you have do you do with all of that in hopes of that he does score, that he does get a header, that he this is the game where he it all clicks in for him. Do you play that versus Giroud, who is gonna do all of the other, but he might he, there's a good chance he doesn't score. I, and he's gonna slow down the play. He's gonna be the target. He's got all the things that come with Giroud. I I I don't this is the million-dollar question for Sorry, and this is well, why no, no, he gets I mean, paid. Well, but, 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 you know, I think the, the thing about this is that you can argue, okay, Giroud, he'll slow down the player and so forth, but it, it depends how you play it. Because really, Tottenham are not an attacking side, and it's about what you do in different situations. So let's just say a counter-attacking situation arises. So Tottenham are light at the back. They push a lot of men, men forward, and Chelsea have won the ball. And now there's a, a, a situation for a, a counterattack. I feel in Giro, obviously you don't you, you, you don't play the ball over the top because Giro can't run towards towards it. But what you can do is just give the ball to Giro's feet. He will hold that ball up, and then that then allows Hazard and Willian with their with their speed to then break, and then he, and Giro smart enough will be able to lay the ball off and give the ball off to Hazard and Willian, who can then pretty much one to their way up the field and then produce something. Now, if there's not a counter-attacking situation, let's say it's much more of a Tottenham now being deep and Chelsea now have the ball and they're breaking, have to break them down, Giroud is a better option because yeah. Giroud being put in that situation where that's, where Tottenham are now defending well, they now have men behind the ball, Giroud can hold that ball up and then lay the ball off for a Hazard, a William, or even an Alonso out in the wide to try and originate something. The issue with the Morata is this. If you have Morata on a counter-attack, first of all, are you sure he's going to hold the ball up? I don't think, think so. If you now put the ball over the top for Morata, I don't trust his decision-making that if he gets hold on onto the ball, will he make the right pass? Will he make the right dribble? I don't trust his decision-making because sometimes he rushes his decision-making so much. So if Tottenham are now defensive, and this is much more of a situation where they're not dealing with men behind the ball, do you trust Morata to be able to hold up the, the ball and be able to bring in other players to try and break down Tottenham's defence? So in both of those situations, I feel Giroud is still the better option. Now, maybe a situation will arise where Morata can be at the right place at the right time and can be really sharp and just get that goal. But who has Morata scored against? I don't think he scored against a team with the caliber and the organization and quality of Tottenham. You D know, Morata's going to find it very hard. United and DDG last year? Yeah, yeah I mean... I mean, but it's... True. But, 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 but again, that's United. I mean, for me, yeah. I feel Tottenham are better than United, so... I agree. I agree. I agree. Now, you mentioned another name that I would not have in my starting 11, um, and that's William. I would definitely start Pedro over William. Um, yes, I would. It's, it's actually, you know what? Um, it's, it's, now that's, it's now that's where you really have to think. Who is a better 
player to bring on as a sub? William or who, 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 who do you think would have a better impact in the last 50 minutes? So let's just paint in a scenario. 1-1, one, one, Chelsea need three points. Who is a better player to come in and make an impact in the last 15 minutes? Well, I, I'm going to... Th- okay. I'll answer that question and then I'm going to present you a curveball. And just something, okay. we're, we're, I'm going to spitball a, 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 an idea here. I'm not married to it. I'm just going to spitball you an idea. Okay. In the last 15 minutes, um, I think both William and Pedro present two different, um, different options. I think Pedro uh, is the better scorer of the two. William's... It's just... Damn it, there's... This is so difficult. This is tough. This is tough. This is tough. Um, I, I, I don't because I look at it. Okay, who do you want in the score in the fifteen minutes? Who do you want to bring on in the fifteen minutes? Hell, uh, who do I want play? My question is, who would I rather have playing the seventy-five? I'd rather have Pedro playing the seventy-five than the fifteen, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want William playing coming off playing those seventy-five. But but you see now as I think about it and you and you're looking at us from Sarah's point of view, maybe you do start with Pedro because what you'd want is that last 15 minutes people are tired. Yeah. And let's just say that you're looking for a goal. The best way to try and find a goal is by stretching the play and going wide. And William, as frustrating as he can be, he's not his decision making can always be very frustrating. He is a better wide option than um, Pedro. And I'm assuming it's maybe Davis on one of the flanks or, or Trippier. Whichever one it is, they'll definitely be getting it. And even whether it's Davis or Trippier, even Trippier, he's sort of been a bit up and down in his form. So I think William may be a better option off the bench because you know what's coming and you just instruct Jorginho Kante every time you can get the ball out wide to William and keep hitting that wing because you're fresh. You've got fresh legs. Keep hitting that wing and keep hitting those balls across into the box. Whereas uh, if Pedro comes in, yes, he can do a lot of skills, but Pedro's not really going to stretch the play. Yeah. He'll give you another different dimension. But not. So I think when you, when you, when you want to look for a goal, I think you want to stretch the, the play, which is how you can really cause more damage to an opposition, I think. so. Yeah. Now, let me present you with an idea that that uh, that I've. It's a crazy idea, and I I wouldn't want to see this implemented. However, I do think that there is something there, and that is who would I want in the last fifteen or twenty minutes coming off the bench into a huge game, and that is Eden Hazard. I always feel oh, like. Oh, okay. You see what this I'm is going. A you, you, now you see this what is, I'm. This is a cold ball. This is this, a cold ball. Okay. Now, I always feel. I always feel like with Eden Hazard, because of who he is, and I always, I always say, listen to me. To me, Eden Hazard is a top five player, um, and I don't care where you put him in the top five. Just put him in the top five. To me. And in, in all sports, I always feel like when you have a, when you have a guy which is, who is the guy, it's easy for the guy to be singled out. So hmm. I, 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 what was that? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's easy to have the guy singled out. Um, so I always feel like we've seen it time and time again with him. Coming off the bench, he changes the game, and I and and I I, I don't I, I would I would lose my mind if if I see the team sheet tomorrow, uh, no Saturday, and I don't see Eden Hazard on the starting eleven. I see him on the bench. I would I would lose my mind. However, I just there's always some this guy always manages to take the game into another level that you might even you might even. It might even, it's crazy, but tactically, the idea of having Pedro and William for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 
bombing at your defense time and time again where you can't single out the guy because the guy's not there. And then 30 minutes into, the, you know, 30 minutes left into the game, uh, 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 25, 20 minutes, you bring on Eden Hazard along with Kovacic, as, as Asari always does, brings those two guys on, and you flip the game on its head. I, I don't want it to happen, but that curveball, as crazy as it sounds, uh, going back to who do you want coming on in the f- last 15 to 20 minutes, it's Eden Hazard. Um, and again, keep in mind that I don't want to see it happen. I don't, I don't want to see Eden Hazard coming off the bench, period. But if you made that argument and and that's what sorry would be doing by not including him in the starting 11, he would be making that argument. Hey, I believe that this game is going to be tight. I want Pedro and William bombing down the flanks, um, tiring these guys out. So then when Eden Hazard comes in the team is you know Tottenham is softened up you know the body has been hit repeatedly and now it's time to go for the head and that's with Eden Hazard um what do you think about that no no that's no that's a very interesting ploy um because again no 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 because no it's you make a very good point because I think you you have to always be very four dimensional when you're coaching and everything and as you said it would be insane if you saw Hazard on the bench in a game of this magnitude but you say to yourself that Chelsea without Hazard can still compete with Tottenham's full strength team you know they can still compete with Chelsea's full strength team and I think when you have that you don't have to have the dilemma of okay do you play Pedro or William because they both play um and with Hazard, you know, because again, I don't think William played in the Brazil game. I don't even think he's been picked for Brazil. Pedro obviously is not in the Spanish squad. Um, Giroud didn't play, so they're both. So all three of them are fresh. Hazard yeah. is still, even if he should be fit, he's still not as fresh as um, Pedro, William, and Giroud, who didn't play um, recently in the in, in the internationals. Um, so would I do it? That's it. That's a difficult. That's, that's no, no, yeah, no. It's it's a difficult one because it is it is very tempting. I'll raise my it hand. Makes sense. I'll raise my hand right now. I wouldn't do it. I would not do that. However, again, this is an argument that we've seen it. We saw it in the Liverpool game. Uh, he came mm-hmm. in and uh, in uh, what was it, in in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came yeah. In changed it and changed it, and that was a pretty same thing, and I, same thing in the in the Arsenal game. Came in, changed last it. 10, 11, 12 minutes, changed the whole game. Changed it. Uh, it just happened again recently. Um, what what game was it? He came in, changed the game. I, yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, like it, it goes back to answering your question: Who do you want to come in the last fifteen twenty? It's always at in hazard. Who do you want starting the ninety? It's always at in hazard. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 but I mean, is it that crazy that sorry would do it? I don't think he would. I wouldn't, but I, he changes the game. There's a, there's a deeper issue though, because again, it's like you have to also look at where Hazard is coming from. If Hazard is fully fit and Sari says, I don't want to start you, but I want to bring you on. And this is purely for tactical reasons. Everybody knows that you're our best player. And you are a star player, but I want to bring you on for tactical reasons. Hazard will be like, nah, screw you. I want to play. This is Tottenham. This is a big game. It's a huge game. It's a it's a North London derby and everything. I want to play from the very first minute. And I think that for Hazard, he would not be happy coming off the bench, knowing he's fully fit, coming off the bench in a North London derby game. So it's like, you know. I, I, but no, I don't... But, but no. But, no, but, but then on the, on the flip side, maybe that anger will actually fuel him to make an even bigger impact off the bench. I, I, it's, it's, it is a crazy idea. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't, you know what? How about this? 
unless I'm being paid, I want nothing to do with that de deploying that tactic. I want nothing to do with it. Unless you're paying me what Sari's making to make that decision, I don't want it. I I don't want it. And 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 decisions like that. Well, no, but see, those are decisions because if he was to make that de decision and it blows up and, in his face, and like and, and like Hazard comes on and sort of like three zero up. And they end up losing like three one or three two. Sorry, like bro, you just really screwed that up. But then if Hazard, but then if it works, it's one one. And Hazard comes in and they win the the, the game two one. People will say, my God, this was a flipping masterstroke. Yeah. So I, I I don't I don't I don't know I don't know. I, I think I, for me, I feel it's it's too much. Even if it makes sense, it's too much of a crazy gamble. Yes. So I think that it just makes more sense that if basically, and that, but then it says the key thing: if he's fully fit, if he isn't fully fit, come off the bench. If he's not fully fit, you're like, okay, you know what? You're not really fully fit. How are you feeling? And he's like, yeah, I'm alright, but I'm not really fully there. All right, I wouldn't start. Only if he's fully fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 too crazy a gamble not to start with him. So yeah, yeah. I I I agree. I agree. Um. So. I, I, the next question would be, so we have established the starting 11. How, how does, how does Chelsea go about breaking this team down, breaking Tottenham down and securing three points? Because I feel like in these type of games, um, especially where, where we're, the, what we're trying to achieve and that is mm. ensuring, uh, that we are finished top four. Right? If, okay. So for me, for me. This is would be a victory for Chelsea um, if, at the end of the season. If we look back on the season and we have won a trophy, I don't care if it's the Carabao Cup, Europa League, uh, what? Yeah, the Carabao Cup or the Europa League <laughs> or the Premier League. I, I don't, I don't care. But we have secured a trophy. We are one hundred percent top four. We've signed Eden Hazard. We've signed N'Golo Conte, and we've established Sari's plan. For me, that's a hundred percent. We have we have a hundred percent won the season. Mm. Right now, we need to. We're running a two race. We're running two races to make sure we get top four. And it's too early to be betting, putting you know, betting the house on one, which would be either the Europa League or finishing top four. It's too early for that. So you gotta give it a go on both. So we need. To win this game, we cannot keep drawing. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I think because to have, I mean, I still don't think Chelsea, Chelsea can't. I mean, City are far too strong. So I think this is much more about maintaining top four. So I just think that Chelsea just needs to get back to a winning mentality. I think trying to aim for the Premier title, I don't think that's not a realistic aim with Man City and, and what they're doing and what they have. But I do think that, you know, Chelsea, they have to really... And I think, I mean, because again, you said, you know, what, um, how do they approach this game, you know? As in, do they go for possession or do they go for quick counter-attack in play? Because I do feel that Chelsea are missing a bite. Because, I mean, against Everton, you know, they, they, they came close. They came close. Like, William came close. Hazard came close. As in, they came close to winning the game. That, and that was a... See, that was a 1-0 kind of game. Yeah. And you saw, like, Morata with the chance again, tried to go for the flick. So, you know, and I think for, for, for Chelsea, this team, they're always creating chances, which is good. Because if they were not creating chances, then that would be, be, be an issue. But I just think it's a case of where um, they need to really try to um, manage the game very well because Tottenham are a very well-coached team. You know, and I just think just just needs to just manage the game very well. They don't they 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 shouldn't show their hand too well, you know. Because I do feel like if Chelsea, as good as Tottenham are, Chelsea have the will have the two best players on the pitch in Kante and Hazard. So you just have to utilize them. So So we definitely so so we're definitely going in your opinion, we're the sorry's definitely lining these boys up. For three points, uh, how does sorry what what is sorry telling him in the locker room? What is he telling him in the dressing room? What is he 
drawing up right now as we speak, him and his coaches, him and his uh, backroom staff, on how to break this team down. How to, what is he deploying? I think, I think he's going to remind them that this, this may be an away game for us, but it's as much an away game for Tottenham as well. Mm. He will tell them that it's a big pitch. There's a lot of space on the, on the pitch. And I think he will just tell them that use, use, the, use the ball very well. Utilize, make good use of the ball and make good use of the space of the pitch. Because he will know that, that we have better passes of the ball, especially in Jorginho, in Hazard, and so forth. So I think the, 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 the key thing, the key thing will be the runs and the execution of Alonso and William. Obviously, Hazard is going to be key with the strikers, but I just feel like as if if Alonso and William get in good positions and they're effective where they are on a pitch that is big, that does encourage you to kind of get that ball outward. I think that's what he'll be. So he'll be telling for them is that, look, when we get the ball, we can keep possession of the ball for long periods of time because we're just better at doing that than them. They're mm-hmm. not a possession-based mm-hmm. team. But also, don't be consumed with keeping the hold of the ball. Always make the ball do something. Don't just pass it for the sake of passing. Make the ball do something and try and find that opening. So get those passes, those passes. When you see that opening, hit it as quickly as, as possible and hit them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You feel like we're going to have a lot of chances on goal this game? Um, not necessarily. I do think that it will be tightish to a certain degree. I don't because th- I think I don't think Tottenham will be too open. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tottenham will be too open. And and again, this is high level um, opposition. You know, I think like um, that Sanchez kid is a really good def- defender. You know, I think he's a really good good defender. I think Dier and Dyer is a pretty decent DM. Um. The um, Belgian dude, um, he's a pretty good defender. So, so it's it's a tough team. So I don't. They'll they'll be Chelsea will have chances. They'll have chances, but I just don't think that they'll have a multitude of chances. I, I don't believe no. It's. I personally believe that we're gonna come out of there with three points. But oh, I, I, so what's your scoreline? Uh, for me, I always believe we're we're gonna win every until I'm proven otherwise. We win every game 10-0. <laughs> I'm uh, uh, always optimistic. We're winning every game 10-0. I don't care who All you're right. lining up. You're lining up the French national team that just wore the World Cup. Uh, Chelsea's still winning that game 10-0. We're lining up. No the- fun. I, lo- I love the confidence, man. That's, a, that's good confidence, man. That's good confidence. Now, you're, you're asking me what the question you want to ask me is, do you have any data to support that? Um, and the <laughs> answer is, based off of... I. I, I Leading up to this game, um, I wanted to do a lot more research than I did into Tottenham um, for this game, for this match. And I wasn't able to find a good uh, match replay service on the internet. Uh, It Mm. seems for whatever reason, there was a lot of websites claiming that there was a, a lot of copyright issues. So I wasn't able to go that route. However... I did see a few a few minutes here and there uh, throughout the season because anytime Tottenham plays, um, I do. There's one of the teams that I make sure that I at least am familiar with with their playing style. Oh, oh, oh mm. anybody within the top six, I always familiarize myself, and then I always pick. Um, right around now, I'll pick a team in the relegation zone, and that'll be my like team B that I root for in hopes that they make it uh, and they stay up. Right around town, right around now. So, um, but what I have seen, um, and especially this, the Liverpool game showed me that at least then Tottenham had trouble with being pressed. Um, and I do believe that if I saw it and I'm just a guy on the couch, I'm just a guy. If I saw that, sorry. And the backroom staff saw that. And if they saw that, it wouldn't surprise me if that, um, that's the tactic they employ. They press, press, press Tottenham, and we jump on them any single time that the ball um, is mishandled. 
um, and we and we go for for as many shots on goal as possible with you know maintaining possession and keeping possession uh, within their half. I wanted to ask you, where are you on this debate that's that's pretty much consumed any everyone in the you know footballing world uh, within Golo Kante and our starting eleven, or and I should say in, in our starting eleven playing out of position. Where are you on that debate? Um, I think basically, I think like I mean, first of all, it shows just how talented Kante is because even if he's playing a role that's not really suited to him, he's not looks like a fish out of water. You know, he still seems pretty decent being employed as much more uh, of an attacking player. But my thing though is that in critical situations, you don't want to cancel in the final third because in the final third, you, you need somebody who can make a critical pass and can make critical, good offensive decisions in the final third. And for Kant, you could just see that he's not comfortable in that area. So whenever you're looking for that forward pass or for that nice sneaky pass into the channel, he goes for the safer sideways pass and misses that kind of forward pass that would maybe lead into a chance. So, um, but maybe Sari knows something that we don't. Because remember, we're not, we're not there on the training ground every single day, you know. Yeah. So Sari is there with his coaching team and he sees these guys. So he knows his players far better than anyone knows them. So maybe he's, remember, like this is only, what's it called? September, October, November. He's only entering his fourth month yes. of competitive football with this team. You know, that's a very short time. So, and remember, like Napoli only really reached their heights in their second, third season. Yes. That's when he really reached the heights of Napoli really playing the high-level football. So um, I think you just need to give it... Uh, I I still would want another attacking player in that position. But the issue is that Giorgio Junior has that DM position and he's playing it very well. They deep line play, playmaker, and he's doing an amazing job. So, yeah, I mean, look, man, I think it is what it is. But at the end of the day, has he looked bad? No. Is he bringing the team down? No, so what it just you, that there's a better option what do you than th- him. What do you think about maybe uh because what I see to me it's clear as day why he's in the position that he's in, and that is to intercept the and win the ball back further up the pitch. Where would you rather win the ball back in your half or the opponent's half? Uh, anybody's gonna say in the opponent's half, and he, there's no one better in the world at doing that than in Golo Kante. Um, mm. So it, that to me, that makes 100% sense. However, I also see his deficiencies in the final third. Yeah. Um, what about pushing Jorginho up? I mean, I, I don't... I mean, how, I don't even know. I, I'm not necessarily work, talking about the mechanics of doing this, but what about the idea of doing this? Of when we get into the final third, Jorginho pushes, continues to push up, and Conte continues to, you know, switches back and fills in that space uh, that Jorginho has left open. Um, Jorginho, have we been doing think... that? Have we even been doing that? No, no, no. For me, I feel that Jorginho doesn't have the athleticism to, to play that role. Yeah. So I think in that role, you need a lot of movements. I need to be really sharp and very um, silky with the ball. You need a lot of, a lot of movements. I think Jorginho is a great passer, has a great eye for the ball, very good at intercepting. So I think his skill set is perfectly suited for being a deep-line playmaker, similar to like Pierlo. You wouldn't want Pierlo in the number 10 position or really in the second wise because he's not very mobile. And basically, same thing with Busquets. You don't really see Busquets in the attacking final third, really. Sometimes mm-hmm. he may just creep there if he's happened to be there, but 85% of the time, the furthest he goes up is like just beyond the halfway line, really. Yeah. So I think for like a Jorginho, um, I don't think it would work. I just think that, you know, it's a case of where... Um, 
there needs to be another player there. So if you're thinking about the three, so you have Jorginho, Kante, that third guy is the attacking guy. Yeah. See, that third guy is what you'd want, like, let's say, your David Silva to, to be, your Coutinho to be, your peak Iniesta to be, the guy that really breaks from midfield. So if Jorginho gets the ball, gives the ball to, to, to Kante, Kante holds onto the ball or he intercepts the ball, then Kante then gives it to a David Silva who then takes the ball and is the guy that pretty much connects with that front three. Yeah. But the issue that it's having is that Barkley isn't really there yet. So Kante is having to really do a lot of the running and really being the guy in that critical third, having to now sort of now be like, oh shit, what do I now do here um, to give a, a good ball rather than an ordinary ball? I mean, how do I give him a nice interesting ball to a hazard or a William. So yeah. All right. So I, I I'm of the opinion I I want Ngolo Conte on the field um as much as possible. I don't care mm. where he plays on the field. I love that guy. Uh, you want to put him in goal? Fine. I, I want him on the in goal. If you want to put him at striker, fine. I, yeah, he's at strike. I love the guy. So as long as he's on the field, I trust him to 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 that he has the footballing IQ, which he does. His, his I never. It's rare that you see him make a mistake. It's so rare. I I can't. Mm. I know I've said it. I know I have said it because at the end of the day, Kolo Kante is human. Maybe barely human, but human nevertheless. But I know I've said it. Damn it. He, that was a mistake. But I can't, I can't remember when I said it. But I know I have said it. Um, it's just so crazy to me that some people believe that there should be another player. What about, uh, you had mentioned Cesc Fabregas. Do you think Cesc Fabregas is an option? And would he be an option for... Tottenham in this game on Saturday. Oh, for sure. I think Fabregas should play a greater role because I think Fabregas, look, I mean, whenever you grow you grow old, you may lose your legs, your mobility, which he has, but one thing you never do loses your brain and your technical ability. Because Jorginho is more, I think he's younger, he's fresher, he's sharper, and he's better over 90 minutes than Fabregas. But Fabregas is and will always be a better passer than Jorginho. So I do feel that if it is tight and you're looking for someone to find to, to, to find a pass from somewhere, I think that's where Jorginho comes in. You know? What do you mean Fabregas? Think, so, 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 yeah, that's, that's where a yeah. Fabregas comes in. Yeah. But I do feel that a Fabregas, with a Fabregas there, I believe Morata is a better option than Giroud because Fabregas is the kind of guy that would look for that run and play the ball over the top for you to run onto. Yeah. You know? So what and would that's be, not really what Giroud's game is. So what would be the midfield that you're thinking about? To start? Yeah. Um, I think... You probably have to just still roll with um, George. I mean, to start with, you have to roll with George Jorginho, Kansi, and Barkley. And if things are not really working out, um, you may have to then do a switch of Jorginho. And um, you see, like for me, I'm actually even tempted to put in Loftus Cheek there. Over Kovacic, you don't. You're not. Uh, you're, yeah, you're oh not. My gosh. I know ah, I, told, I knew I, I was missing someone. I knew I was missing someone. Sorry. Kovac, no, for me, 100%. See, that's, you see, that's the guy. Kovacic is the guy. Sorry, Kovacic can't say Jorginho. Yeah. That's what you, you start with. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what you start with. Yeah, because I totally forgot about Kovacic. Yeah. Because I feel no, Barkley, he's definitely been doing good. Kovacic is the, is, 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 is the better player. Is the better. Definitely player. is the Agreed. 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 So... I guess the final question is: At the end of it all, when the ninety, when both whistle, when both whistles, the beginning whistle and the end whistle have blown, what's the score? What's the outcome?
Mm, that's, this is um, so I'll go out on a limb. I'll say two one Chelsea. Why is that the outcome? Um, I do feel that as good as Tottenham are, I think PSV have shown that this team still has a few weaknesses. And I do feel that even against Wolves as well, they were shaky. I don't think that they're very comfortable at that Wembley home. And Chelsea have better attacking weapons than what Wolves have and what PSV have. And if Wolves and PSV were almost able to beat Tottenham and Tottenham struggle to beat both PSV and Wolves, I just think Chelsea just have better attacking options. And I think within that, they'll be able to be much more critical at the critical moments and be able to beat Tottenham. So yeah, 2-1. Well, ladies and gentlemen, all around the world, you've heard the man. He's given his options, his opinions. He has told you why he thinks the way he thinks. And my man, have hope. Where can people find you? Where can people find you and hear your opinions uh, and hear your take on the game? Um, and, and, you know, all, all the time, full time, morning, evening, noon, night. Where can people find Yo, you? Man, the best place to find me, to reach me, is definitely on Twitter. That's at Half Hopeot, H A V E H O P E H U T, at Half Hopeot. But again, you can view all my videos and everything via YouTube. The Half Hope Football Hot, or you can just head to the, my website www.halfhopefootballhot.com for everything you need in to know in the footballing world. Last question: Is will there be yeah. a, an inductee to the Brick Academy after the Chelsea Tottenham game? Will there be a new member? <laughs> I mean. There's like, always space. There's always space for a no, new no, guy. No, 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 no. We, we always have space. We always have space. We always have space. <laughs> I mean, whether there will be a new member. Um, I'm not sure whether there will be a new member, but there may be um, promotions or demotions. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. You guys, you still have the bricks training in uh, in Antarctica in the freezing cold? Yeah, man. They're, they're still in the Arctic, man. Trust me, those guys are, are, are still there, man. They're you know, still so. running. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh ladies and gentlemen that's the end of the interview all right everybody welcome back welcome back welcome back um that was the end of the interview with the homie half hope football hut um and i'm gonna not I, i'm gonna tell you the truth that's one of I felt like th this was the first podcast. I came home and I told my wife, this is the first one where I ever actually felt like a professional. Like I actually felt like I was asking questions that a professional would ask. Um, from the start of this podcast, I always said I never wanted to be like, I, I, I never wanted to, I never want my podcast to be breaking news. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's too formal. I want my podcast to be more informal. And however, this was the first podcast where I felt like, damn, like, listen to me. Like, I felt like I'm a professional here. Like, this is, this feels like a radio show, you know? This felt, I felt good in this podcast. I don't know if you guys can hear it, um, but I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, and again, man, there are some things that I agree with, uh, some points that I agree with with him and some I don't. Um, and that's good. You never want to be in 100% agreeance with somebody and 100% disagreeance. You got to be, you know, we're all human. There has to be something where you disagree on. And for me, ultimately, this goes with him and this goes with anyway. I honestly don't know what team he supports. I really don't. Um, I've heard rumors and whisperings that he's a secret Chelsea supporter, but I honestly, I don't know. And I'm not sure if it would change my opinion if he was or if he wasn't. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I just want what's best for our club. Um, that's it. I want our club to be elite. 
I want what's best for the club. I'll support anybody um, that's at our club. That goes for front office, management, ownership, uh, managers, players. That goes for everybody. I'll always support whoever is on the staff or whoever is playing. But that doesn't mean that they are perfect. Everybody can improve. Everybody can step their game up. And um, that's how I feel about Chelsea Football Club. I feel like this team could be elite. This team could be elite. And if just if the board decides it and we get the right people in, we can be elite. So somebody's going to have to step up on Saturday. It's going to take a collective team effort, but who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be the big-time player making big-time plays on Saturday? Because this is, I don't want to say it's a must-win, but it's a statement game. Anytime we play Chelsea, uh, we play, anytime we play Chelsea, anytime we play Tottenham, anytime Chelsea plays Tottenham, it's a statement game. So, um, we got to come out of there with three points. We absolutely have to come out of there with three points, and I believe we will. I honestly believe that we will come out of there with three points. But take that with a grain of salt, because I believe that Chelsea Football Club goes into any competition, uh willing and able and capable of securing three points so that's all i got um make sure you follow him on twitter uh let me pull up his twitter right now so i can make sure i give the right twitter handle but in the meantime make sure you're following me all american cfc on twitter and also all american chelsea on instagram Make sure you're following Have Hope uh, Football Hut. His Twitter handle is at Have Hope Hut. He also has a YouTube channel. He has an Instagram account. Let's show him some love. Guys, go out and follow him um, on his social media platforms. I like his content. I really do like his content. And that's it. Let's get those three points. Let's secure... Um, Let's secure our place in the title running because this is one of those games where we could do that. We could legit lay our, lay our claim on the title. And at the end of the season, whether or not we end up with the title, um, who knows? Everybody seems to believe that we are incapable of winning the title. However, what I do know is that it's better to be in a title race all the way to the end than it is to not be. Because if we are in a title race, that means we are guaranteed top four. Guaranteed top four. So let's keep getting those points. Keep racking them up. And I will talk to, get to you guys again soon. I'm going to be doing a post-match. And I hope to have you guys for that one as well so please like comment share subscribe on all the social media platforms itunes google play stitcher spotify there's like 13 different ones uh make sure you do all of that and show the homie some love and i'll talk to you guys again soon it is 1:45 in the morning and i'm starting to get tired so we'll talk soon let me get out of here i love you guys have a great day have an awesome day and we'll talk again soon later in the back, sipping yak, y'all, what's up? Girls, rub on your titties. Yeah. yeah, I said it, rub on your titties. New York City, pretty committee, pity the fool that act shitty in the midst of the calm, the witty. Y'all know the name. Uh, Barrel fucking march ain't a damn thing change. Uh, you all up in your range of shit, inebriated. Uh -huh. Straight from your original plan, you deviated. I alleviated the pain with long-term goals. Slip my underground loop without the 
goes. We so fat around the world, I so wood in the hood. But when I'm in the street and shit, it's all good. But soon the motivator boom, control the game like boom, way to rock, clock out of flip. Tips like a way to block shots, guys, way to let my lyrics annoy. If you're holding up the wall and you're missing the point, get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up, put your hands to the sky. Brooklyn in the back, shooting crash now, what's up? Girlies, rub on your titties. Yeah. Fuck it, I said, rub on your titties. Uh -huh. New York City, pretty committee, pity the fool that acts shitty in the midst of the calm, the witty. Yo, where you at? Uptown, let me see him. Notorious for the six fives in the BM. Heads get your beef, you put them in the mausoleum. And shit, don't start jumping till after 12 p.m. Uh, ignorant minds are free em. If you tired of the same old every day, you will agree em. The most obligated, hard and R rated. Slated to be the best, I must confess, the star made it. Somebody even say the song is sexist. Cause I ask the girls to rub on the breasts. Whether you're riding a train or a Lexus, this is for either or Rollies or Time Exes. It's wicked like Exes, this is the joint. You're holding up the wall and you're missing the point. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. The Bronx is in the back shooting traps now. What's up? Girls, rub on your titties. Yeah. I said, rub on your titties. New York City, pretty committee, pity the fool that act shitty in the midst of the calm, the witty. New Jerusalem, get the fuck up. Shaolin, get yeah. the fuck up. Long Isle, get the fuck up. Worldwide, get the fuck up.